So I want to take on a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Right now, I am currently reevaluating how I see unions. And I'll tell you why. Because I used to be a big right-to-work person. I was one of those people that kind of drank the conservative Gatorade on this issue and not really knowing anything about them. And my problem was, was I was mixing up public and private sector unions. And when you mix up public and private sector unions, you're comparing two things that aren't the same. There are good and bad unions. There's no question about that. There's unions that make workers very lazy. Um, There is unions that go too far to protect their members, like the NEA. And then there's some of these laborers' unions, like the one that I joined. And I prayed for a window or a door out of education. I wanted to get out of education. The NEA had way too much control over what was going on within my household. The NEA had way too much control of what was going on inside my classroom. And you say, your household? Absolutely. Because the amount of money that the NEA was responsible for taking out of my check in many different ways, and then taking that money and giving that money to places like Planned Parenthood and Democrats who I don't agree with. Um, Yeah, I don't know if some of you know, but abortion hit me very close. So I was not okay with giving all that money to all these people. Okay, and a lot of the private sector unions do the same thing. They give money to candidates, which if I had any critique of private sector unions especially, it would be that they give money to any candidate. I, I wish that we would not do that. I wish that we wouldn't give money to Democrats or Republicans. I think that payment enough is your vote and your support. So I, I don't think that money should be given to, on behalf of a bunch of individuals to political campaigns. But as many of you know, I've been on this Joe Blystone campaign and I'm working to get him elected in the state of Ohio for governor to replace a tyrant known as Mike DeWine. And the thing about it is, is I heard the most articulate point of view when it came to unions, because I knew in my heart that where I'm at right now is a good union. It is a good group of men. And it is a good group of people that don't all see this, see things the exact same way. They don't all see things. I mean, there's a lot of people at the top of some of it, like with the, with the national, with the United Association that are very, very liberal. And there's a lot of people in my union that I work with that are very, very conservative. Like it's a wide spectrum of people, which is pretty cool to have an organization with that wide of thought. But Joe made a comment. And I asked him, I said, how do you feel about right to work? And this is the one that I'm going to eat crow on because there's a video of me railing totally 100% in favor of right to work, of which I completely disavow the way that I felt not more than two or three years ago. You see what happened when I was a teacher is I got screwed over by the teacher's union. I had a great local leader at at, at Dayton Public Schools. He he was a great guy trying to do everything that he could within his power to help me. That one individual did help. But for the most part, the NEA isn't worth the paper it's written on. It isn't worth the donation that teachers are making out of their salaries, taking money out of their pockets, and giving it to the NEA to quote-unquote protect them. Because when I followed every single guideline that was put forth by Dayton Public Schools, the union was nowhere there to protect me because it was something that was a quote-unquote, workers' comp issue. 
Now, as many of you know, I was assaulted by a student. It was actually a fourth grader. And you know as well as I do, if I put my hands on that kid, that we're going to have a lawsuit. You're going to have maybe people trying to take retribution against me. People were going to say anything that they would. So I wasn't, I wasn't willing to let that happen. And I let it happen. I had my shoulder completely gutted because after about 45 minutes of a kid going absolutely nuts and tearing up a classroom, doing thousands of dollars worth of damage to the classroom, including shattering screens, computer screens, projector screens, throwing stuff, breaking windows. I still kept my hands off this student. I tried my best to use the restraints that we were allowed to use, but in after 45 minutes of no one responding to help me, I got worn out. And when you're, and when you get worn out doing that, you're not supposed to do it anymore because that's when you make a mistake and hurt a child. So I sucked it up and got a serious shoulder injury that took me out of work for 16 months. The NEA was nowhere to be found. These public sector unions, they are paid mostly by public sector people, which is tax dollars. Your school levies, your different funding sources, they are funded by one, your teachers, and then your tax money. Many of them. I don't believe in any public sector unions. I don't. I think the Supreme Court got that right. I, I believe that you should have the right to join one, but I don't think you should be forced to join one. So I think the Supreme Court got that one right. Joe Blystone changed my perspective on this, and he's right. And in my opinion, he's right. And with this private sector union, Joe asked me a question and the question really made me sit back and I, I didn't have an answer for a couple of seconds to where he even was like, are you there? I said, how do you feel about right to work? And I was like, because that's something that like my, my opinion has changed on, but it's an issue that if you're on the wrong side of the issue, that's my income. That's the way that I make my living. I was like, and, um, my union is strong, made up of a bunch of great guys that have, that really worked their ass off. I mean, I've learned a ton and I have more respect for the journeymen that I'm working with and have worked with in the past two years since I started this. And for my instructors at the hall, yeah, I say some stupid stuff. I'm not used to being around construction guys, but I'll tell you what, the people that are local 162 in Dayton, Ohio are great people. They're out there to make sure that families are taken care of and food's on the table and that you're getting treated right at work. But they also understand that you're supposed to come out with a product. And that product is what keeps the, the contractors in business, which then therein makes sure that your brothers are still employed because you did your job and that needs to get passed on to the next person. And Joe said, what business does government have in a private contract? And I had to sit back and think. I had to sit back and think. I was like, what business does the government? None. And, I, and, I, and it, that didn't take me long. He goes, so why would, any, why would you support any government in a private contract between a private individual, a private organization, meaning your local union, and a private company, if they all are in agreement over a certain contract to get a job done. He said, what role does government have in that? And I said, none. And I was stuck because it's the first time in my life that a conservative had a opinion that really struck me uh, that I was seriously convicted over. Because I'll tell you what, the men and, the men and women that are in my local have done more for me in two years than anyone did teaching in the nine that I was there. They've let me make mistakes. They go out of their way to make sure that you're treated right, your pay's right. If something's wrong, you give them a call, you let them know. And it's not being a pain in the ass. It's literally them saying, this is our contract. This is what we agreed upon, making sure that you're compensated for what you're doing and I'm compensated well, even as a second year apprentice, I just recently 
begin to make as much money as I did as a ninth year teacher, as a second year apprentice. But not only to make you money, but to make sure that these contractors are making money. There is a, a process that makes you, I mean, there's a process of learning that I'm, I'm struggling with. I'm really struggling with the school. It's something that is very difficult for me. But on top of all of that, I've worked next to people who were non-union in these private sector jobs. You're not as well-trained. I'm sorry, it's not, it's, you're, they're not as well-trained. There are good, you know, non-union journeymen, and I'm, I'm, I'm not journeymen. There are not good non-union workers and non-union companies and stuff like that. I acknowledge that. But by and far, the guys that I work with are better trained because they go through an apprentice schooling. They go through a five-year apprenticeship, going through the motions, learning the different systems, learning the different concepts, and I'm learning a ton every day. I don't know jack when it comes to this trade still. Every day, my mind's blown at one more thing I didn't know, another thing I didn't know. But I can tell you one thing. Even though there is political differences between a lot of people within the local union that I'm in, the respect issue between people, the the willingness of people when they're they're down on their luck and they are hard up for people to pass the hat and help people out. Man, I've always wanted to be a part of something like that. I'm not right to work. I had no idea what I was talking about. I'm right to go to work, not right to work. Right to work's a lie, folks, especially in the private sector. What business do you have to tell the private sector what they can do in a private contract? If you are a constitutional conservative and claim to stand by those values and your answer is none, you need to reevaluate your principles and what you believe. I'm Walt Alinsky. I'm a teacher that left education to become a pipe fitter. And now I'm a union pipe fitter. And someday I'll be a union pipe fitter journeyman. I can't wait for that day. This has been Small Talk, Right Talk. The Black Group with Keller Williams Advantage. They're sponsoring this segment of Small Talk, Real Talk. I personally have bought and sold houses with Tyler and Greg Blatt. They are a father-son team with over 35 years of experience at getting results, getting people in homes at good prices, affordable, and they have people on hand to get you financed. These two individuals are the only two that I would buy a house from, and they are the ones that stand by, number one, the contracts that they write and the contract that you sign. There's nobody better in the Dayton area to buy or sell a house than Greg or Tyler Blatt. And now for the next episode of Small Talk, Real Talk.